well, it's officially get in the transfer portal or go get you somebody from the transfer portal season. And Alabama already has one that's entered said portal. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. This exciting uh, time of the year. You know, when I was a kid and the newspaper would come out, Luke, I was such a sports nerd. The the news the, and I, of course we go to the sports page. And I'd read the sports page every day. Ever since I was a small kid, I, I, and uh, one of my favorite sections of the sports page, uh, and you'll remember this yourself because we're old. Uh, it was called like transactions. It'll be this mm-hmm. little this little blurb about who signed who in all the sports. It'll be like the Arizona Cardinals signed so and so and so and so, or the L.A. Dodgers waived so and this whole transition. I, I would read that all the time. And I feel like a lifetime of reading the little transactions thing has prepared me for uh, for what's coming this month. And it's going to be a lot of them. And I assume they had to grease the transfer portal up pretty good to fit Damian George in there because he's a big old dude. And Damian George, who was a starter for a lot of 2021, I don't know if he started any this year, did he? He did not start yeah. any games. He played with the ones quite a bit in the spring. I think uh, largely uh, Damian um, – you know, he was a tackle. He started three games at tackle, and uh, it didn't go well. Let's be honest. It did not go well. The Auburn game in particular was a complete disaster. Uh, so he was moved this spring, and I'm guessing without knowing that, that he wasn't crazy about that. Most kids that play offensive line prefer tackle to guard because they, they see how much money tackles make in the NFL and how little the interior players make in relation to how big the t- – so they all want to play tackle. And uh, so he probably wasn't happy about moving inside a guard. And then what happened is he got passed in the spring uh, by Tyler Booker. I mean, you know, who's a true freshman. And when true freshmen show up and start leapfrogging people, I guess at that point it's time to start uh, looking around for other opportunities, right? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So who do you think could be next in the portal, Jimmy? Ooh, I think uh, there'll be 16, 18, 20 guys uh, off the current. And I'm not, I ain't even talking about, guys that are likely to head to the draft like Brian yeah. Branch and, and, and Will and Bryce. I'm talking about – I would look at a couple positions. Uh, you know, I could be reckless and say names, but I, I would just start with vet, with players who have been around play, players who have been around a while and they just aren't playing and feel like they won't be in the starting lineup next season. Those guys would be your candidates, I think, in, in terms of the first guys you would assume – uh, just to throw out names, if that's what people want, maybe Jaden Roberts on the offensive line, maybe Tanner Bowles, maybe the Brockermeyer brothers, maybe a wide receiver, guys like Theo Jones-Bell, uh, you know, maybe a, maybe a, a DB like Jacquez Robinson, a linebacker like Ian Jackson. I mean, these are guys uh, who have played or played a little but are just unlikely to contend for starting spots even though they've been there for a while. So I would, I would assume guys like that is where you would start, Luke. But my concern for fans and my concern for college football isn't that, the, the the players that just aren't going to start at Alabama and just would rather go somewhere they can play. I understand that. I get it. I, I'm supportive of that. Um, but I think the portal is going to be used by elite players and premier players uh, who simply prefer free agency in terms of uh, getting a max NIL deal. 
And uh, I won't be surprised if some of the biggest names in college football portal to uh, try to land such a deal. And uh, it won't shock me if there's even Alabama guys doing the same thing. Uh, that, that's my concern for the sport. I don't think it's healthy for the sport at all. And uh, there's going to be a lot of upset fans when their favorite players uh, go in the portal. Yeah, in fact, somebody mentioned that last year. Hey, Bryce Young should just go in the portal and just test it out just for the heck of it, see what he can get. And, and you know, even if it's Alabama that wins the bidding war, I mean, so be it. But, I mean, in that sense, I guess everybody could go in the portal, and that's, that's the danger of this thing. And that's why, uh, man, it may feel like you can have NIL or you can have transfer portal. Which one would you kids prefer? You know, that, that both and it's, it's created a situation. I'll say it all the time. Say it here. Y'all are free to steal this whoever, and, and, and tell your friends. Uh, but it's created a situation that every single player is a operating on a one year contract. It is universal free agency and real pro leagues like the NFL and Major League Baseball. If they all operated on one year contracts and every single player in the league was a free agent, the leagues would collapse. They would not be able to operate. And that is exactly what college football has. On top of that, they've created these portal windows at the exact wrong times of the year. And by that, I mean, let's just pick a random program. I'm just going to pick one, Illinois, uh, Brett Bielema. And uh, how about this phone call that could happen in, let's say, uh, two to three weeks? Hey, uh, is this the uh, Citrus Bowl president? Yeah, this is um, we accepted your invitation to play in your game. Um, I've got 40 kids in the portal that aren't practicing. I can't mm -hmm. play in your game. Uh, we won't be able to make it. That is realistic. That's not like a, a, a over worry. That could really happen at multiple places. Uh, maybe even Alabama. I mean, no one will no one will be immune from what's going to happen next week in terms of what what the fear is. Just utter total chaos. Uh, Jimmy wanted to throw a few things out there. These are some random tidbits. I just saw this yesterday, this morning. Alabama gave up seven sacks to Auburn last year in the Iron Bowl. They gave up zero sacks this year in the Iron Bowl. How about that? Um, awesome. And you mentioned Damian George mm -hmm. being a starter and then not being a starter. You know, just yeah. saying. People um, love to point to coaches, and, and it's coaching, and it's this and that. And, yeah, and give Coach Wolf a ton of credit. I do. I think he's great. I think he had a great impact. But I will always think it's about personnel and uh, – you know, in that game, in that game last year, the right tackle was Damian George, and this year we give up no sacks, and the right tackle is J.C. Latham. That that's 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 how I think. Um, nineteen straight home wins now for Alabama, which is uh, the longest in the country after Clemson lost to South Kakalaki. So that's pretty good. And I, I was just looking ahead, man. When's the next time Alabama? Now you know you don't ever plan on losing a home game, but. And, and Clemson certainly didn't plan on losing this one. But I, I think the next best opportunity to lose a home game is probably next year against Texas. Texas. Uh, next year's home home slate isn't too arduous. I mean, you have Tennessee, who's going to be losing a lot. LSU, uh, that could be tough, but we seem to handle them pretty well at home generally. Um, and Arkansas, Texas, and uh, who's the other one, Jimmy? Ole Miss. So Yeah. So that's to, uh, to, me, to me, it's tough. 
because all of those teams are potentially good. They're all good. Uh, I'm not so sure, Luke. Maybe Texas might not be better than all of them. I mean, because all those players are a year older. You know they're going to have a good quarterback because, in my mind, Arch Manning could be one of the best freshman quarterbacks we've ever seen in terms of, like, Trevor Lawrence level good as a freshman. But I don't even think he'll be the starter. I think Quinn Ewers. So I'm saying as Arch could be that good, Quinn Ewers is probably going to beat him out, you know, for for next year anyway. So Texas is going to come in with a good quarterback, some dudes, um, and they feel like they should have beaten us last season. So uh, I think a Texas game will be as tough as any of the home games. Honestly, it'll be week two and and either Milrow or Ty's second start. And uh, we'll have a lot of new – a lot of new faces in the lineup. Jimmy got a new sponsor, Omaha Steaks. I love Omaha Steaks. I send them out all the time. I really do. And my father loves to send Omaha Steaks to my children because they love it. And um, it's great. I'm looking at some of their deals right now. You can go get the uh, the classic gift with a free dessert. It's like 100 bucks. It's $99.99. That's uh, four butcher's cut top sirloins, four boneless pork chops, four Omaha Steak burgers, uh, four gourmet jumbo franks, and one Omaha steak seasoning with a free caramel uh, apple tartlet assortment. Uh, that's pretty awesome for a hundred bucks, man. You can feed a, a, an army for that. So, um, and they got all kind of deals. Omaha steaks is absolutely delicious. We have not been given the promo code yet. We were going to get that, but I do want to give a shout out to almost Omaha steaks because they are sponsoring this podcast. We Heck appreciate yeah. those Oh, I'm excited about this big time, dude. Uh, they got, they got all kind of good stuff, man. I got it. Line too. You can steal this. You do the live reads, not me. But call an audible. Call Omaha. You know, oh, nice. You like that? Oh, you know, Peyton Manning's Omaha, Omaha. That is, oh, I got it. I mean, I'm call just. Call an audible. Call Omaha. I like that. Right. I like that a lot. I really do. I mean, hey, Omaha, what... Omaha Steaks, that's free to you. Uh, just send me a box of those steaks. Oh, that's, man. You know, a lot of our sponsors do send us stuff. I hope they send us something. That'd be awesome. Uh, but anyway, That's Omaha State's tagline for, for the next five years. All right, let's talk recruiting, Jimmy. Um, the first guy I want to talk to is a guy that, I mean, I've kind of been expecting to commit sometime relatively soon, a wide receiver out of Florida, Jared right. Hamilton. Um, right. It seems like he's been on the cusp, and yep. it just – it hadn't popped yet. Maybe it's popped by the time we finish recording this. I don't know. But I'm just saying, isn't it about time for him to make that move? I think so. I mean, uh, Andrew Bone and Joseph Hastings on the Bama Insider uh, staff they asked today, uh, you know, like guessing, okay, who's going to be in the signing class? Because now it's here. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, uh, this month is about recruiting in the portal, recruiting in the portal, recruiting in the portal. Once signing day is passed on December 21st, uh, then I'll start like, oh, wow, we're playing in a big bowl game in nine days. Uh, but until then, to me, it's portal recruiting, portal recruiting. Jaron Hamilton is in the mock class uh, put together by Andrew Bone and Joseph Hastings. That means we should be optimistic that this could happen. It could happen soon. Uh, good player, uh, came to Alabama's camp, always vital. Uh, heard rumors that he, he ran a true 4-4 at Alabama's camp. That's awesome considering his size. He's not one of these five foot seven jitterbugs. I mean, this dude's got legitimate SEC size and length. Uh, it would be a big pickup, uh, and I think it would complete a wide receiver group uh, that would be really impressive. Malik Benson, who I sort of project to be an immediate starter uh, on next year's team, and then you've got the three freshmen, Jaron Hamilton, uh, Jalen Hale, 
and uh, Cole Adams, who, who I, I love that threesome. I think they're they're great because they all three play different spots, right? I mean, you can all put them in different. So Cole's in the slot, and, and Hale and Hamilton are your outside. Hamilton's your speed guy. Hale's got really nice, sizeable, strong possession type guy. Uh, I just love how building a wide receiver core looks like building a basketball team. We're going to talk about basketball on the show, but it's like building a basketball team. You, you need to have a, a guy for it. You need your rebounder. You need your your three point shooter. You need your ball handler. You need your your defensive stopper off the bench. That's how you build a basketball team, right? You build a wide receiver core the same way. Everyone's got a role. Everyone's got something they can do. And then every now and then you look into true freaks who are good at all of it, like an Amari Cooper. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we do have um, a nice assortment, as you said. It's like a Whitman sampler of wide receivers uh, right here at Christmas time. Um, Quay Rusaw and James Smith, they yeah. spent some extra time at Alabama. It seems like they had a great time. Um, and really, on it seems like for all the world, we're not going to announce this because who knows what's going to happen in the wild world of Auburn. But it seems like for all the world, Hugh Freeze will probably end up being the head coach at Auburn. Uh, you know, insert your own vomit emoji here. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it's good to go ahead and get as much face-to-face -face time with him as you can because, you know, he's going to try and pull out all the stops to get those two. No question. Uh, holding on to those two is going to be really tough. But here's the thing. for You know, there, there's some – I can't even believe I addressed this. The people like, well, if we don't get them, we didn't try or we didn't offer them enough or, or whatever the complaint will be. But – Russo and James Smith just spent the, the weekend in Tuscaloosa and extra time, by the way, not just the official visit, extra time. I think they spent the night one night. Also scheduled official visits. They're coming right back to Alabama for official visits December 9th to the 11th, and they aren't going on any other official visits in December, okay? Alabama may not end up with them, but it won't be over lack of effort. I mean – we have rolled out the red carpet. They have come. They have heard every pitch. They have will have seen every inch of the campus. They'll know our program back and up, up and down. And hey, where they end up, they end up. But Alabama obviously recruited those two extremely hard. Um, I, I project that they end up at Alabama. I really, I've said that for a long time. I think Luke has too. Uh, you know, I, I'd still project they will end up here. Uh, might they end up at Auburn? Uh, yeah, because I think the new Auburn coach, and I agree it will be Hugh Freeze, but the new Auburn coach is going to need, not want, he needs a splashy recruiting win to get the ball rolling over there. And it's kind of like happened, but like let's say all you've raised NIL-wise is $4 million and that's all you got. Well, I think at Alabama what they do is they take the class and you got 25 guys in the class and you got $4 million and they'd divide it to where everybody in the class is getting the same. That's kind of a very, very Nick saving thing to do because of Auburn's needs and what they need to get momentum and get the ball rolling. Their whole $4 million might go to, to Smith and Roussel or one guy or, or Peter Woods or, or, or whatever because – they need a splash. They need it badly, and they will – what happens when you need a splash badly? You overpay in free agency, right? A Major League Baseball team is trying to convince its fans, hey, no, no, we're, we want to win. We want to win. Watch this. And then they go overpay for some first baseman. Uh, that's, that's sort of – you can sort of see this coming at Auburn, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, and look, it's just going to be one of those things. We're in the world of NIL that that's going to happen. But those two guys certainly did seem to have a great time. 
in Alabama this past weekend. And, um, you know, one thing I just wanted to throw out there, uh, you went to the game, right, this past weekend? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't full, Jimmy. You know, I, I, I've heard people say that, and, and and maybe you have a fact that backs up, say it wasn't sold out. or, or it, I'll just say, say this to me, and I, I, I don't miss home games. I, there's very few home games I haven't gone to going all the way back to 88. I think I've missed about 12 since 1988. Um it was extremely crowded outside the stadium getting in and inside the stadium. People around us were commenting of, are there more people here than seats where we were in our area? Uh, it was just, I had to go, this does hardly ever happens. I mean, I don't want to talk about going to the bathroom on the show, but I had to go, I'm up in, uh, up in the bowl, not in the upper bowl. I'm in the lower bowl, but I went all the way down to the base floor to find the bathroom because the lines were just too I passed by three or four bathroom lines. Like I ain't standing that. I'll just keep looking for a bathroom. And I, and I walked around until I found one that I could go in without waiting. So uh, to me, it was crowded, but you're not the first person I've heard say that. Well, I had a, I had some of the world's worst seats. I, I, my seats were so bad. Uh, I literally was sitting next to an Auburn fan that had orange shoes, orange socks, blue Sweat panty kite type thing, like knockoff Lululemon pants, um, like warm up pants, an auburn orange sweater, and no hair but an auburn hat and an orange beard down to about here. It was, I said, that's how bad my seats are. But um, anyway, I looked across the way, and I can tell you, the in the end zone, the opposite end zone, there were several empty seats now. You know, if an Auburn fan were to make fun of that, the first thing I would say is, yeah, we don't sell out unless it's a big game. Um, but, you know, that's, that was funny. Why was that? <laughs> uh, but uh, but I, I just thought it, I thought it more of a sign of the times. Like, it's just – I think this is what you're always going to be dealing with. I'm, I'm all for getting rid of some seats, getting some more luxury areas, and um, – you know, making it where we have maybe fewer people, but the people that are there are into it. I, I'm all for that, but that's neither here nor there. We can talk about that later. We need to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little coaching carousel. All right, Jimmy, um, Cincinnati's Luke Fickle is going to take over for Cincinnati. Why is that a big uh, takeover for, from Cincinnati to Wisconsin? Why is that a big deal? Alabama plays at Wisconsin 2024. Interesting. Um, Deion Sanders has been linked to the South Florida job. Why is that interesting? Alabama plays at South Florida next year. I just find that interesting. Could be very cool. Could have Deion facing off against Saban in South Florida. Now, Deion's also been linked to Colorado um, and maybe a couple other spots. But I just I thought that was kind of neat. Um, then, of course, you got everything still going on at Auburn. And uh, you and I have said this on a, on some personal text chains, group text chains we're on. Uh, if Hugh Freeze, if, if everything's okay with him, if everything's on the up and up with him, if every if every if, if we just all need to find Jesus and learn to, to to forgive and forget, why is nobody else pursuing Hugh Freeze? Yep. I mean, he's now I know that he finished badly, but if you look at the job he's done at Liberty, where he's got Malik Willis and wins all those games with Malik, then loses Malik to the NFL, and then comes back the next year and puts Liberty in the top 25. Uh, and then his success at Ole Miss uh, in terms of, of, of turning Ole Miss into a Sugar Bowl-type team in the time he was there, uh, not to mention he's at the forefront of a lot of the, you know, fancy spread offense stuff uh, and up-tempo, you know, he does that stuff, which sells well to fans. 
and administrators and you look at all that and how many who who's interested in hiring you Auburn that's it where's Nebraska where's Wisconsin where's South Florida where's Colorado I mean these yeah, Tulsa I mean Tulsa's open now Western Michigan's open <laughs> I'm just saying Auburn is the only school interested in hiring Hugh Freeze despite his really impressive resume. And uh, I think that should tell everyone a lot, you know, frankly, but hey, if they hire him, they hire him. And uh, I think assuming he recruits well and what happened at Ole Miss and, 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 and his other stories don't hinder him on the recruiting trail, and they might, they might. There will be some parents who's like, no, oh, no, my son's not playing. Uh, that will happen. Uh, I would. I'm. I'm, I'm guessing he, he ends up recruiting really well, but I think those are all things for Auburn to consider anyway. Yeah, I just found it um, very. I just find it interesting. Again, you know, it's just uh, look, hire who you want. It doesn't matter. I mean, as long as I got Nick Saban, I'll take my chances. But I just, I just, I saw Will Herring, um, former Auburn player, like his impassioned plea to hire uh, Hugh Freeze, and he he admitted, he said, look, I I don't know Hugh Freeze, never met him, but I know his daughter a little bit, and she says he's a man of integrity, so. Good enough for me. Go <laughs> I, mean, I was like, you know, what a what a strange endorsement. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I mean, look, well, I just. If the daughter went the other way, then I think yeah. I know it's not hireable, right? When the daughter. That's went, true. That's true. If the daughter had said, you want to hire my dad? Terrible. Um, <laughs> He's terrible. You go but, the other way. At least, at least the daughter's endorsement doesn't rule him out like it would have been had you gone the other way there. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, Batman in the NFL yesterday, we'll just talk about that for a second. Uh, man, Josh Jacobs, 303 scrimmage yards yesterday. Unbelievable. Uh, Did he play for Auburn? Huh? Did he play for Auburn against Alabama? Yeah, he was running against our defensive line. Um, <laughs> I'm still sick, apparently. Um, but yeah, man, he looked awesome. He ran for 810 yards. He, um, he, I turned the channel on my direct ticket right to that game just as he was making his 87-yard run for a touchdown to win that game. It was unbelievable. Uh, Tua had another big game. Waddle had a nice game. Derrick Henry didn't do a whole lot. Um but he was fine. He still, you know, the number one and number two rushers in the NFL now are Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry. By the way, didn't the Raiders famously uh, not pick up uh, Jacobs off into this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I understand it a little bit because I mean I think he was very, um, he was better than most running backs. He probably wasn't as good as they thought he was going to be. Like his first three years, I mean, he did set some kind of record, like first running back to have uh, twelve hundred and fifty yards from scrimmage his first four years of his career. I saw a stat; I can't remember what it is. So, I mean, he, he's he's really good. This year, though, he's playing out of his mind. I mean, right. he's playing out of his mind. Like he's not going to be in the MVP discussion because you, if you're on a four and seven team or whatever, you're not going to be in the MVP discussion. But he's first team All NFL right now. So. Uh, Jalen Hurts continues to do well. Devontae Smith didn't do a lot last night, but he won me enough on my fantasy team to, to give me some points. So I appreciate that. So things still going well for the Tide. And uh, in basketball, of course, Alabama moves up to number 11. I think that's about where they need to be. 
you know, right on the cusp of the top 10. We've got a game against South Dakota State on Saturday. And then the next Saturday, we play the new number one team in the country, the Houston Cougars. So uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, couldn't have been more proud of those guys. And and, and I, I tell you what, I, I got so attached to that team. That one game is the one that's the game that made me attached. Now I'm attached to these guys. Right. And uh, man, the first time I see someone say this year that these guys aren't giving great effort, I mean, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Like in the Dr. Pepper uh, Fansville commercial, uh, those guys played so hard for so long and wanted to win for their teammates so bad. Uh, it was easy to kind of fall for that team yesterday. One of the great historic wins in Alabama history, defeating number one North Carolina on a neutral floor uh, in four overtimes. It literally, Luke, I mean, in, in every way, that was one of the great regular season wins in all of Alabama basketball history. Uh, no question it was. North Carolina played for the national championship a year ago against Kansas. They lost, but they returned four starters, including Baycoat, ACC preseason player of the year. And, uh, hey, it took four overtimes, but, but Nate Oates and his Alabama team, who did not play for the national title last year and did not even return four starters, took down the Tar Heels, and uh, who knows, you may see him again down the road. Beauty about this tournament, Luke, and this incredible field that Alabama played, the way basketball works in terms of seeding and the NCAA tournament, Luke, now we got multiple teams to cheer for all season. Now every time Michigan State wins, Alabama wins. Every time UConn wins, Alabama wins. Every time North Carolina wins, Alabama wins. Uh, those three teams are just going to keep lifting Alabama. Emma's uh, analytics uh, all time for the for the selection committee to sit down and invite teams to the NCA and start seeding them. Uh, those win these wins are going to go a long long way. There'll be some losses. The SEC is tough. We're going to have to play nine SEC road games. There's going to be losses, uh, but man, the, the the two wins this weekend will carry us. Baycoat is a beast, by the way, and like every time he got it in deep, I mean, he just muscled whoever was guarding him. Was it just me, or did Baycoat always look like you had just asked him a question he didn't quite understand? Like he, I mean, his eyes were always like, so I mean, sort of like, what are you saying? And, but I mean, man, when he got his head, and I'll tell you, one of the biggest plays of the game though was uh, we miss a shot, he gets the rebound, and he's got these big, strong mitts. I mean, he's just a beast, and it's like he wanted to slap the ball and then pass it. And he just misjudged where his hand was. And it like tapped the ball out of his hands, went out of bounds, and we get the ball back. It was just a, a that was boy, what a what a bizarre, bizarrely fun, bizarre game. Just so and Betty Ako, uh, I thought Betty Ako sort of I hope I hope it wasn't a one-off. I mean, I, I hope that yeah. was Charles Betty Ako sort of announcing his arrival to college basketball. I know he's been starting for he is a returning starter for us, has been starting for a year and a half. Now he's a sophomore. Man, I I if that's the Bediaco we're going to get every night in, every night out the rest of the season, this is going to be a good basketball season. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, everybody, roll tide. Roll tide.